We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think it's safe to say that we've got Exhibit A, B, C, etc., etc., of why Kyle Hamilton, Sarah, and the Ravens feel like, yeah, they're being disrespected ahead of this Christmas night clash in San Francisco. Yeah, we do. So we're going to take a look around the national media comments made by Mike Florio, Manuel Acho, and then Colin Cowherd, and really why some of their takes are just ridiculous. Mike Florio well-liked in this fan base? I can't seem to recall. <laughs> I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, December 22nd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. So Ravens pressers on Thursday, we got offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. He had a hilarious Reaction when asked about that Lamar Jackson and Isaiah likely improbable hookup on Sunday in Jacksonville. And he also spoke, and his comments were great, about how fierce of a competitor Lamar Jackson is. It's so good you want to listen to that. And, of course, we've got the team's first injury report of the week. Plus, the NFL made a curious decision this week when it decided not to flex Baltimore's Week 17 home game against the Miami Dolphins on New Year's Eve. We'll tell you what may have led to that. Yeah, we've got all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, Bobby, so it's been talked about everywhere, about everywhere. We talked about it on our show. Kyle Hamilton said that, you know, they feel a little disrespected seeing how um, the two 11 and three teams that are going to match up Christmas night aren't really being treated equally. And um, as you kind of look around at people's predictions and talking about this game, it's like, yeah, we're starting to see, you know, not starting to see, we're seeing more evidence of what Kyle Hamilton's talking about. So first we'll go over to uh, pro football talk uh, where they do their live show, Mike Florio and Chris Sims. And, you know, um, as we know right now, the 49ers are five and a half point favorites. So is that too much? Is that too little? Mike Florio says it's way too little. I think most people would agree that these are the best two teams right now in football. 11 and three versus 11 and three. 
The 49ers are only favored by five points. Now, they're trying to spin that into disrespect of the Ravens. I think that shows great respect of the Ravens. I think the 49ers should be double-digit favorites in this game. Wow. And it's a hell of an opportunity for the Ravens. I don't think it should be more than five points. I don't think so. I mean, the Ravens won. I think they posed some problems to the 49ers. Ravens, run the freaking ball, right? Stop trying to justify Lamar's contract, Zay Flowers first round, Rashad Bateman first round, right? All this OBJ's contract, Todd Munkin, they are at their best when they run the ball. Take a page from the 49ers. The 49ers, Brock Purdy, nobody's thrown the ball less in football this year than Brock Purdy. He's got the least attempts in the game, and yet he's second in football and yards only behind Tua. You know, so you could still be explosive on offense and not throw the ball a ton. And that, to me, is where the Ravens are dropping the ball a little bit. And you saw the second half of that game last week. Damn, they ran it on Jacksonville at at will. And I just feel at times lately they're a little too into justifying all those other things we talk about, and they're at their best when they play through the run. All right, so kind of two separate things, Bobby. Let's take Mike Florio first saying, uh, yeah, no, it's not disrespect. It's showing a ton of respect because they shouldn't be five-and-a-half-point underdogs they should be 10 point double it what constitutes that i'm trying to think in my head as he's talking about that what constitute that's that kind of logic we got two 11 and three teams both of which are in the driver's seat in their respective conferences to chase down the number one seed over the next few weeks one both have three losses san francisco has come against and they there were three in a row in in middle of october at cleveland at minnesota and then versus Cincinnati, the Ravens, we know, two early and then one in November, home against Indianapolis, at Pittsburgh, and then against Cleveland. Uh, Two ferocious defenses, two offenses, yes, in in Baltimore's case, no Mark Andrews and Keaton Mitchell and J.K. Dobbins, but a ton of firepower and playmaking ability across the board. And, oh, yeah, not to mention that we've talked about all week long, two MVP candidates that by most sportsbooks' standards and metrics – are one and two respectively in the race. So I don't know what constitutes that. Is it an away game? Are you giving that kind of edge to a home team, that kind of home field advantage? Typically, that's not a 10-point slate for an advantage. So I don't know what Mike is referring to there. I know you mentioned that some columnists that you've looked at predictions-wise are in that range. But when I ultimately predict this thing, it's going to it's it's going to be I'm, – I'm going probably underneath that five-and-a-half point. Right ultimate right. margin me too and then so to flip over to what chris chris sims was like no no he's like you know he was like taken aback by it and he was talking about where the ravens could find an advantage and then he got super passionate about the ravens running the ball more and like <laughs> I, first of all the ravens have the number one rushing offense in the league and then but then he's trying to say how you take it out of the take it from the 49ers playbook the Ravens just put up 250 yards about like somewhere in that range last week against Jacksonville. That's number one. Number two, I do agree. The Ravens are trying to bring their passing game along. Sure. But I think he's wrong for why he thinks they're doing it. I think it goes back to what Steve Young said last year when he went off on the Ravens and he was saying, and you, you already know you can run. You already know that. But to go from being like this regular season 
dominator, which is what the Ravens have essentially done again. You know, there's some, there's been some close games for sure. And obviously some, some losses, but they, they, it just feels like every game they're, they're mostly in control. And so what they're trying to do with the passing game is knowing that it's going to take both. You can't be one dimensional to go where they want to go. It has nothing to do with, oh, we're trying to justify Lamar's contract. Lamar has, has already justified it. He's in the MVP conversation. None of these other quarterbacks that got paid are anywhere close to, to what Lamar's doing. Some so, of them aren't even available right now. <laughs> some of them aren't even available right now. He's he's already justified his contract. Ravens aren't worried about that. They're not worried because they they used Zay they picked Zay Flowers first. Believe me, they've had enough first round uh, duds that like they're not trying to protect that. And OBJ, it's not like they're forcing that either. OBJ, it's not like like they're forcing the ball to him every like game. So him saying uh, like assuming or accusing yeah. or whatever it is that they're doing it because they're trying to like make themselves look a certain way from what they did in the offseason. That can be further than the truth. They, to me, are what Tony Junjudy is saying. They're still experimenting with everything they're doing and they know they need to have a multi-dimensional attack, which they do if they want to go where they're going. So I thought Chris Sims was off on that one. Oh, it's funny. I was just going to mention, he must not have heard Tony Dungy the other night after yeah. Sunday Night Football, and you, you were right there spot on. Along the lines of the disrespect, too, whether it's in the media, within the fan base, whatever, we found a couple different examples that were circulating either YouTube and or Twitter. Emmanuel Acho from FS1 here was one of them, and then the other one was a top 10 player list that Colin Coward had going into this this heavyweight clash between the 49ers and Ravens. We'll have that in a second. But what did you want to say about this specific slide? Well, I, listen, I think there's a debate. I think there's a legitimate debate about MVP with Brock Purdy and Lamar. Just from our guest, Kyle, I thought that he made like a good, he's like, look, if you, his, like the Brock Purdy case is statistics, right? Okay, fine. But come on. If you're talking about just who has the better quarterback, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, like 10 out of 10 times to start a franchise, I'm starting it with Lamar Jackson and I'm building around him. You're not start, you're not taking Brock Purdy and, and putting everything around him. He, right. you're, you're saying choosing I mean, between the two at quarterback, yeah, right? not I league mean, wide between these two, right? Right. Well, yeah. 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 Between these two, I mean, league wide, I still think Lamar's like top three. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm just saying some yeah. people might be like, all right, what we got to give Mahomes his respect, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 My bad. My bad. Yeah. So, but then this one's really crazy, Bobby. Uh, this one I didn't see live. I've seen this one. This is like Ravens Twitter's been talking about this. Colin, I'm assuming this is Colin Cowherd's top 10 players in the Ravens 49ers matchup. So he has 10 players. Only two Ravens made the list. Lamar Jackson's number three behind Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams. Then it's Lamar. Then they go Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Then finally at seven, we get Roquan Smith. Then it's George Kittle, Brock Purdy, Brennan Ayuk. Okay, so it's like, really? So we've got a top 10 players. Both of these teams are 11 and three. And this is what is what Kyle's talking about. We got two 11 and three teams and only two make from the Ravens make the top 10 list. Like no Justin Matabike, no Kyle Hamilton, like no, not none of that. So and this is and listen, none of this is to say it's almost like Bobby. I just don't even care at this point. None of this is to say that like. 
the Ravens for sure, hands down, are better than the 49ers. I think this is going to be a great matchup. It's more just like everybody just assumes that the 49ers got that. And if I'm in the Ravens locker room, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. You think so? All right. But Bobby, at this point, I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. Like, just get me to this game and let's play some smash mouth football. Like, I'm so over the talk. I'm over all of it. Let's just let these dudes line up and play this game. <laughs> Tell you what, this list is an indictment against Brock Purdy's MVP case. Yeah. Collins got him at nine. <laughs> Sarah, right. Collins got one, two, three, four, five, six of his teammates ahead of Brock Purdy. Yeah. So maybe he's got Lamar winning the MVP, but he certainly, certainly, if, if he's got Brock Purdy winning an MVP, then we, we're going to have to hold on to the screenshot when well, Colin ultimately has that debate. Caffrey was awesome above Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Whatever. Oh, goodness. You know, you, you spoke of Kyle Hamilton. He was definitely snubbed on this list, as was Justin Matabike. Those are the two players that I would have on this list in exchange for for two of San Francisco's probably because Roquan and Lamar obviously need to be on it. But Kyle's having an all-pro season. People are starting to realize it. Colin, not among those. And Chuck Pagano, former NFL head coach, talked a little bit about Kyle's former game. Former Ravens defensive coordinator. And excuse me, former Ravens <laughs> defensive coordinator for the Baltimore perspective uh, on Kyle Hamilton with Pat McAfee. Kyle Hamilton, who I think a lot of people are quickly saying one of the best safeties in the league, I think. Dog. Not yeah. just like young guy who's good. I think mm -hmm. people are saying like, Holy guy mm -hmm. who is really good. You mentioned Kyle Hamilton. The way they use Kyle Hamilton on defense, he's got to have such a big brain football-wise. He can cover. He can blitz. He's great in the box against the run. You don't find safeties that can do all that anymore. They're either like we say, hey, he's a box safety, and we don't want him anywhere near man-to-man -man coverage or deep, or he's you know a deep safety, whatever. He does it all. He plays multiple positions, safety and base. They have a big nickel package where he plays the nickel back. And then when they go to sub and they bring in Millette, number 10, obvious pass downs, he's playing deep. So Kyle Hamilton's a dog. Oh, he's yeah. got long arms, too. Mm -hmm. he, his he's arms long. seem – he, I saw him reach down the entire offensive line and grab a guy mm -hmm. on a run play. It was like, this dude is everywhere. What a ball player. Only player, just to keep going with the statistic that we mentioned several times this week, only player in the NFL through 15 weeks, 10 tackles for loss. 10 passes defense. And if that's not the ultimate indication of how versatile he is and just how all over the field he is, I don't know what is. It's funny because in that, I feel like a couple shows ago, Pat McAfee, I love the way he described in this one, he described it longer about how long he is. He goes, he's like got go, go gadget arms. He's like, get over here. Like in his Pat McAfee voice where like Kyle's like running people down. It's just like, Go, go, gadget arms. Get over here. <laughs> that's like exactly that's exactly what it is, though. It's just like when people run screens on him, are you it's like, are you serious? Like yeah. he can like take one blocker and have his other arm go out and get the the ball carrier. So yeah. uh and I love the way Pagano talks about it. And it's just like, yeah, the way he broke it down and how we already know he's versatile, but it was cool to listen to like a former defensive coordinator break it down. Yeah, uh keep going back to it. Kyle's dad, Derek, played professional basketball overseas and had a solid career. A lot of times you'll see Kyle out there and you'll be like, that was a basketball play or that's a basketball player. And Kyle's a former Hooper as well. So you see that come in in different parts of his game. Before we get you both sides from an injury report standpoint, that is Baltimore and San Francisco. As we mentioned at the top, 
The Vault is brought to you by our friends at GEHA, and for over 86 years, Government Employees Health Association has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. And with over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every single day. Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. You can visit Federal Drive, which is presented by GEHA. Again, that's our friends at Government Employee Health Association, who are proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. GEHA.com is the website where you can learn more. Let's take a look at the injury report provided by the Ravens. This was Thursday afternoon. It's important to note that on a Monday night football week, this is essentially a Wednesday report. So we don't want to make anything crazy in terms of conclusions on both sides. Unfortunately, we won't have a Saturday morning vault. We may have an episode coming out later tonight based on scheduling. More on that in the conclusion. Sarah can catch you up to speed (laughs) with what we've been working on. But here is the list. Jalen Armour Davis, one of two DNPs for the Ravens. The other, Odell Beckham Jr. And probably almost encouragingly so, was a DNP not related to an injury. It was an illness. So hopefully that means he'll be good to go come Monday night. Zay Flowers, also an optimistic thing, being that there were some rumors out there, like Jeff Zarebic addressed on Twitter earlier this week, that he had some foot soreness. He, with that foot, was limited on Thursday. Malik Ham, who was on IRDR, was a full participant with an ankle. Arthur Mollett, Ronnie Stanley, and Marcus Williams all limited on Thursday after um, being you know, available earlier in the week, which probably bodes well for their statuses coming up Monday night. Yeah, I feel I feel really good that it was an illness with OBJ. I was nervous that there was something more going on. But so the illness that was going around, I think it was last week, um, might have caught up to him. Feel good about Zay Flowers. Um, with with uh, Ronnie Stanley, uh, reporters had said that he had the red non-contact jerseys still on. Um, so he still has to go through all levels of being passed through concussion protocol, but it's certainly a good sign that he's out there and limited. Then, and definitely, definitely go back to, yeah, I was going to say like, just, just to tease part of our conversation with this week's game preview guest, uh, Kyle Madsen for the San Francisco perspective, he gave us great insight into what to watch over the next couple days going into the weekend for San Francisco because Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead, their two defensive tackles, are key, key to stopping the run for them. Mm -hmm. They were not available their last week against Arizona. Obviously, it wasn't an issue in that game because of a lesser opponent, but the Cardinals did have some free runs and had some success. They they got over 200 yards. They had some success in the rushing attack, right. And so... The fact that they're DNPs, again, it's a Wednesday. It's it's technically a Wednesday, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they were DNPs on Thursday. Those are two names to watch. Aside from that, Trent Williams, who obviously is their future Hall of Famer uh, at left tackle, he just had a rest day. But the ones that we really wanted to sing out here, as did Kyle Matson, were Armstead and Hargrave. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he. In fact, Kyle was like, "Okay, if Armstead and Hargrave do not play, he's like, I, I, gi- I give the Ravens the win." He and it was like, far. and it was like by a lot of points. And then he's like, "But if they're in, then I, then he gave like San Francisco by three. So that's how important 
to his to his point, that's how important uh, those two guys will be in this in this matchup. On to the press conferences. Just a couple nuggets from pressers. Todd Munkin obviously is always the favorite just because Mike McDonald is so what's the right word? I guess composed or subdued. That's just how he is. He's gonna be he's gonna be like a future John Harbaugh at the podium, like poker face A one. No way. He's even gonna be if you think that John Harbaugh, he's gonna be less than John Harbaugh. He's gonna have like at least John Harbaugh, every time he speaks, I get at least one or two times that I'm like, okay, that's quotable. Mike McDonald, I haven't quoted him in weeks. <laughs> like he just knows how not to like not to give a quote. I feel like what also needs to be mentioned though is that you've been studying John Harbaugh, whether you like it or not, for well over a decade. Yeah. And I feel like you know this guy's body language yeah, and <laughs> more so than anybody. So you yeah. know, that has to be taken into account. But yeah, absolutely. Mike is Mike's something else. He is something else. So a little bit of Todd Monk in here on Lamar, the competitor, and I'll have you set this one up because you had this first clip in there. Okay, well, this this is this is great, especially towards the end. Just somebody asked about how competitive Lamar Jackson is, and um, that I think that's the best to set it up. Let's go. No, he wants the ball. I mean, he, he wants the ball in his hands. You know, when it's crunch time, he wants the ball in his hands. I mean, it's pretty obvious. He doesn't, you know... Um, as competitive as he is, and he gets fired up, you know, when it comes out most is um, he wants to win more than anything for not only himself, but for his teammates, for this organization. When the game's on the line, Lamar wants the ball in his hands. He wants the opportunity to make a play. That's what he's done his whole life. It makes sense that they would want that. Take any great player, elite player, they want to be at bat when the game's on the line. They want the last shot. They want that opportunity. So when he gets frustrated with me is when I take it out of his hands. And that's when he wants to choke me. That's when he wants to wring my neck, you know? What are you thinking there, you know? And he's right. He's right, 100%. You know, he wants the ball in his hands and he should. <laughs> he said he wants to choke me. <laughs> that is so good because that shows you not only the gamer and competitor he is, but there's like a mutual understanding and respect among between these two. They've only been together Not for even 14 games. Right, right. They've only been together for 14 games. And we all know what the evolution is, is of this began as. They feel each other out. Then Todd gives them the keys. Then Lamar speaks very highly of that sort of autonomy and creative freedom that he now has. But he's being careful not to kind of demean his time with Greg Roman. Then they start winning games, and they start putting up points. There's playmaking all around him. He's got flexibility at the line of scrimmage. He can he can make calls, make checks. Now it's like, all right, we're 14 games in. We sense that something special is coming here. You better believe I'm going to let you know about it if you're taking the keys out of my hands. And that's what I feel like is there's it's it's cool that Todd understands and almost respects that yeah. it's that's not a disrespect thing there. It's actually yeah. more there's there's not an unruly thing there. It's actually yeah. no no no. This is this is for the greater good because I under because you've given me the keys and I feel pretty dang confident with those that are in my hand. <laughs> well, and it's funny like if if you've played sports and obviously they're on a different level of professional sports, but like I've looked in huddles before and I can see in big moments most talented players on my team fear in their eyes. Just straight, and you can look at him. You're like, "Oh crap! You don't even want the ball. Like you don't even want it. Like you don't want this. That's crazy. To it's so 
Yeah. It's so antithetical to how I know I think. It's like, you know what I mean? Or obviously how Lamar thinks. And so to look into a huddle and instead of seeing fear and you see somebody, hey, give me the ball. And I've also seen people that are like, give me the ball. And it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like there's some people that are a little overconfident in their abilities. Yeah. But it's like when you can marry somebody who does as much magic as Lamar and it's like, give me that ball. Now, of course, it's still uh, Munkin's job to make sure that, you know, um, you know, you're, you're, you're like, like, for example, when, when he called the play with Charlie Kolar, like, I feel like in the past, some of these quarterback sneaks hasn't quite worked. If you need a couple inches, it hasn't worked yeah. with Lamar for whatever reason. And so you got Charlie Kohler in there. It worked, you know? So sometimes, sometimes, maybe 1% of the time, it's good for a coordinator to just see, uh, you know, a few other things that can be done. But no, that's like the Mamba mentality. That's, that's Michael Jordan. That's Kobe Bryant. He's exactly right. Those are the greats. Give me the ball in the big moments. And that's exactly – and Justin Tucker's that way. That's why Justin Tucker's running yes. out on there when it's like a 70-yard field. I was like, Justin, get back here. Yep. You want a group of guys that want the ball and have backed it up in the past. Uh, perhaps what's necessary or required in some of those moments too is like protecting the ultra competitor from him or herself. Definitely. And, and when you're in yeah. that position of power – um almost like overlooking in like this godly role, right? Cause they're up in the booth. Most times offensive coordinators are. So they have the, in a lot of ways, they have the best vantage point and perspectives of, of anybody in the stadium. And so right. sometimes that comes with a, a greater understanding of what needs to happen in this high pressure moment at this exact second. So I, I just continue to appreciate how candid, transparent, honest, self-aware, humble Todd Munkin is always a refreshing and as you're about to learn, funny soundbite when he was asked about the improbable 26-yard hookup between Lamar Jackson and Isaiah Likely that kept the drive going on Sunday night in Jacksonville. This was ridiculous. We all remember Lamar somehow spins out of a tackle. He's doing his dancing and diving around and uh, breaking ankles on the way and then throws up maybe an ill-advised prayer to Isaiah Likely, but that man went up and got it. Todd Munkin's reaction. God. I mean, holy <laughs> You know, good stuff. <laughs> one more time, Bobby. One more time. What's your reaction? God. I mean, holy <laughs> You know, good stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you. This guy. Know, isn't that kind of how all of us were at home? It was like, holy Oh, man, he's but awesome. Jesus, holy moly, whole like all of it. Like it was crazy. Mm. He was is crazy. such a breath of fresh air. I really, really enjoy him. Yeah, really do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Then enjoy this, not because of the schedule change itself, right. but because of what it represents. We right. all know that when there's a primetime game, not only is that a global boost, and it really is in a lot of ways, a global boost, much, I mean, also in, in country from a brand awareness standpoint, player awareness, all the things that come with a primetime audience, but it also takes away from, in, in some ways, the city revenue. Small business revenue, local or whatever. Like there's more hype. There's more awareness around a primetime game than there is a one o'clock game. As we've sort of speculated, we thought that maybe there was going to be a change to the week 17 game between the Dolphins and Ravens, which is December 31st, New Year's Eve, coming up soon. It's a CBS game. It will now, according to Barry Jackson, who covers the Miami Dolphins, confirmed by the team. We'll show you on the next slide. That game is not being flexed. It's going to sit there at the 1 o'clock slot, which means they decided not to flip Ravens-Dolphins because perhaps they've got the Chiefs and the Bengals, CBS does, at 425. Now, you might you might be asking yourself, well, what about the Sunday night game? That's Packers-Vikings. Like, yeah, those are two teams that are mathematically still in the playoffs and could sneak their way into a lesser NFC. But really, like over Dolphins-Ravens, who, depending on how this weekend shakes out, Sarah, there could be major implications not only on seeding in the AFC, but for the top overall seed between those two teams. So a couple things to, to think about. I've looked into it a little bit. First of all, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We understand that. Patrick mm. Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they deserve that type of treatment. When you look on the other side, though, and a Joe Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals, who, yes, are still very much in the conversation as well to be in the postseason, how does that have juice the way that a Miami-Baltimore does? Regardless of how you feel about Tua, mm. Tua's leading a Miami team that's dangerous. They've showed the Ravens, that matter of fact, in past years that they're dangerous and that they, they're, they're contenders. So on top of that, you have the Taylor Swift impact. We know that she's dating Travis Kelsey. And I would not be surprised from a network perspective 
based on you, you talk about brand awareness, you talk about being a public figure and what she's done for the NFL this year. I would not be surprised if that was a part of it. I also looked into a Baltimore banner report on this uh, done by Gianna Hahn and Jonas Schaefer. And they had talked to somebody from one of the sports business journals who said that Fox and CBS are actually in a deep battle here ratings wise this late in the season, which is rare. Fox typically in the 425 window dominates, but CBS actually has them beat out. That could be a part of this. Uh, but ultimately, I was definitely surprised by this. What about you? Um, uh, well, so I think what it all comes down to is ratings. And um, you, I don't know if you looked into this, but typically the, the Packers drive ratings big time. And then it's, so it's a divisional matchup. Um, and they just had the Ravens on uh, prime time. So they have, what's that? It'd be three primetime games in a row, two of which would have been on NBC. Right. Well, and so on. So not only would the Ravens just have that, but, um, and they've got Christmas night, obviously. And then on top of it, they know what kind of ratings they're getting. And they, they know, like they know what the Packers bring. They know what Ravens brings. Now I haven't looked at ratings in a long time, but I remember when I did look, when I was still looking at the Ravens, I mean, they didn't usually push a ton of ratings, but Packers often did. And that's why a lot of times that's just, they pick, that's why the bears get on there a lot, or a lot of these teams that aren't even very good, but they got bigger cities. And for whatever reason that, you know, the ratings are bigger. So I think it all comes down to that. Now, again, I haven't seen ratings more recently. So maybe somebody could, you know, show me that I'm wrong, but I think that's what it comes down to. And the fact that Ravens have had, uh, it would have been like you said, three primetime games in a row. New Year's Eve, one o'clock. Make your plans accordingly. If you have hey, New Year's so Eve you, plans, yeah. And you know me. Whatever happens, I always look at the good thing about it. And the good thing is, we'll we'll have done the sh- we'll have done the game. All Ravens fans will have enjoyed it, and you got plenty of time to get ready for New Year's Eve. You and I, w- and you'll have time to listen to us. You won't even have to be rushed out, so we can have our our post game show right at like starting around five, five fifteen. you can even listen to that and watch that without any pressure before you go out. So I always say, look on the, at the best part, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for. There's a silver the lining glass half full, and that's what I like. So personally, I'm just going to eat it up. Oh, the silver lining is that you yeah. and I get to have a normal schedule. If yep. you want to do something new year's Eve, great, but I'm upset for the players. I'm upset I for the city. You. And, uh, you know, and one o'clock it, it is. I got you. I got you. One o'clock it is, but I've not been getting enough sleep lately, which is why I've been perpetually sick for about a month. As you know, you've been on top of me about my, uh, my health lately, uh, deservingly so. So hopefully that'll help. Uh, this was just awesome. I cannot wait to speak to him about this, with him about this. Yes. Roquan yes. Smith, Gianna Hahn, who writes for the Baltimore Banner, just referenced her a minute ago with that Sports Business Journal nugget. She tweeted out a photo of Roquan Smith's gift to the defense. And so apparently every single defensive player had a robe, a Versace customized robe with their names on it, or in this case, Justin Matabike Beeks, their nickname on it, waiting at their locker room on Thursday. So one, this guy has just so quickly become the guy in Baltimore. Two, 
Versace's no joke price tag. And I know Lamar or Lamar. I know Roquan's not struggling in that department, having signed a pretty dang good deal last year. Uh, but this, this to me shows you another layer of Roquan. Like there's mm-hmm. so much more to him than what we've even yeah. b- become so accustomed to being familiar with on the show, on the semi-weekly show, right? Like yeah. there are so many layers to him and it's, it's just fascinating to keep, continue to learn about them. I want to, yeah. I mean, there really is. Cause he doesn't shout this stuff from the mountaintops, right? Like he doesn't, you know, say all that. Here's what's funny. So I'm pretty sure it was Whirly who, after he, he, on Instagram, after he opened this up, he took his camera over and went up to Lamar. Cause as much as Roquan just got paid, Lamar's like, mm, what, four times more? <laughs> Something, <laughs> maybe, maybe six times more. Yeah. yeah Cause he could, yeah, six times more. Maybe even more than that. But anyway, so uh, he goes up and he goes, all right, so I got Versace from Roe. When do I get my Ferrari keys? You know, <laughs> to Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> so, giving it. up Ferraris would be another level, but that's cool. Cannot wait. The next com- next time we have two more episodes with Roquan, so we got to just figure out what's what's the best thing. But with their travel schedule coming off Christmas, we'll probably skip next week just so you guys know. Yeah. But two more. One of which may end up being in the postseason, which could be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout for that. Some quick hits here before we jump. And this was yours right here that took a look at the Ravens' defensive statistics, I believe. Did you throw this in here? Yeah, I did throw this in there. Sorry. <laughs> Every two seconds, I'm checking my phone. We'll get to that in a minute. But basically, at NFL analyst had pulled up um, some stats from the 49ers. And he says, OMG, look at the defenses the 49ers have faced this se- season. So he, he takes the rankings of all the uh, defenses that the 49ers have faced in terms of yards per play allowed. So, gotcha. uh, so Steelers, 21st, Rams, 20th, Giants, 26th, Cardinals, 29th, Cowboys, 9th, Browns, 2nd, Vikings, 10th. So those three are the only three top 10 defenses. And then Bengals, 31st, Jacksonville, 28th. Tampa Bay 25th, Seattle 23rd, Eagles 22nd, Seattle 23rd, and Cardinals uh, 29th. Interestingly enough, two of the 49ers' losses came from two of the three that are top 10 defenses. Now, to be fair, those were also games where the 49ers were losing significant firepower. Um Debo, McCaffrey, and Williams, I think, were out either for all three of those or some of them for partial of those games. So you got to take that into account. But, you know, Ravens, obviously, uh, in, you know, number two in total defense, number one in points per game. Uh, so that's just one kind of angle to look at. Like, will it be because this is a tougher defense? Uh, can, are, are the, are the, 49ers going to be punched in the mouth and then how will they react time will tell before we get to the threads for monday night in front of a primetime audience a couple little afc north nuggets for you mike tomlin officially ruled out kenny pickett for saturday's game against cincinnati again that's a saturday kickoff so mason rudolph will officially get the start and then Bengals head coach zach teller says that jamar chase who's dealing with a shoulder is out against again those pittsburgh steelers so a couple Key injuries for two AFC North rivalries 
just to be on the lookout for threads did you, wise. Did you, by the way, hear yeah. what Tomlin said about Pickens. Cause remember Pickens didn't block for his running back. And oh, he, he probably could have gotten in the end guy. zone. Yeah. Huh? He's about done with this guy. He said something like, if you're losing and you're not doing your job, you really should keep your mouth shut. Something, something to that effect. I don't think I'm quoting him verbatim, but uh, that's what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ugly, and he deserves all of that treatment, by the way, that he's getting because he's been a loud mouth. Um, can't wait to check back in with the Pittsburgh beat coming up in a couple weeks to see what the heck is going on. Maybe we'll get Brooke Pryor back on. Mm. But uh, the Week 16 threads, as you see, for those of you on YouTube, it's white on white, Sarah. So what do we have here? Three Is it three okay, and so four <laughs> all time? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, so Pantalytics, Purple Pantalytics, Bobby. That's hilarious. It's awesome. So at where purple pants keeps track of the Ravens wins and losses in their different uh, uniform combinations. The, would you say this was the, yeah, the white on white hasn't been the best. They've had three wins to four losses in the white on white. If you're a Ruh-roh. superstitious person, yes. If you're a superstitious <laughs> person, this means something to you. Uh, for somebody like me, I just think it's hilarious. I am not superstitious. Hilarious. Yep. We'll finish with this. This is hilariously good. The Ravens defense has allowed a touchdown on just 18 of 160 drives this season for a percentage of 11.3. That ranks first in the NFL with the league average being almost nine percentage points above that at 20%. Jeez, so it's been 18, dominant. 18. 18. Yeah. Bobby, let that sink in. Allowing a touchdown on 18 of 160 drives. Yep. That's bananas. Yep. Catch everybody up to speed on what you've been doing today. Oh, (laughs) I have been glued to my phone all day with Steve Young. Um, So, uh, well, here's the, I was hoping we, we usually record at an earlier hour than we are right now. Um, cause we were leaving out hope for Steve. So Steve had said, uh, you know, he texted me, he says, sorry for the delay. The day's flown by. I'm free at six Pacific, which is nine our time, which is, you know, we waited. Uh, and he says, which is probably too late. So maybe he just ruled it out. Um, and then he said, I'm flying to the East coast. So Probably can't do it till after 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Either could work. So I replied and I was like, let's get it done tonight. But uh, doesn't look like he got back on Twitter to check that. So uh, I don't know when this is going to happen, but he's been uh, in touch. He hasn't given up. He gave me different times just so far. I swear on my life, Bobby, if we finish recording this and then he replies or I don't know what we're going to do if he replies at midnight or something. So we'll see. I know you're traveling tomorrow. You're going home up to New York. So listen, yep. we're just going to figure it out because when Steve Young gets on the horn, I get on the horn. Yeah. Look, I even have my BYU shirt on. I'm going to put it back on. I you have will. it on ready for him today. You will. We have to bust it back out with him, hopefully tomorrow. Yep. Um, and nobody's going to say a damn thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and when I say tomorrow, that would, like when you're listening to this, it will be tomorrow. Uh, we're talking about Friday. So hopefully we can yep. figure that out. So that's the yep. update. Yep. Thanks for the update. Just wanted everybody to know because we've both been getting tweets and whatnot about. Yeah. And just and just to reiterate what what we've already said. You know, thank you to everybody who tagged and took thirty seconds to tweet and retweet and quote tweet and all that good stuff. I mean, that's you had over two thousand likes on. I'm blown on the, away by yeah. it, quite frankly. Like, I 
figured maybe like when I put out the news that he said he'd come on, I figured we'd get maybe like, I don't know, three, 300, 400 likes. It's like at 2.2 thousand now. And I'm just blown away. I know everybody wants to hear Steve on Lamar, but there's also like, do you get this Bobby too? Like, do you get this? Feel? I just feel like people like are rooting for us, which is like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so blown away by it, but it's like, it's almost like, cause they're getting in from the beginning with us. It, it, it's almost like they feel like they're building with us maybe to yep. a certain degree. And so like our success is their success. I feel like, so I just feel, I just felt, I, I like that today. I felt good about that today. That was awesome. So I just wanted to tell, tell everybody that we appreciate it. Yeah. Lots of gratitude because you're right there. Mm -hmm. Our success is their success because without each and every subscriber, commenter, viewer, somebody, you know, passing our information on, telling family and friends about what we're doing. If they're Ravens fans, like we're not probably having the platform that we are now almost a year and a half into this. So yeah. Just wanted to reiterate that. Thank you to everybody. Hopefully, you'll hear from us again before pregame coverage with yeah. Steve. If not, yeah. maybe we'll do it again. You know, we, Sarah has the connection for him now, and that's really all that matters. So, happy holidays to you and yours. Shout out to two of our returning patrons who are supporting us through Patreon this month, Rick Henry and Matt DiMaggio. We appreciate you both. If you guys are interested in doing the same out there, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. A special thanks to GEHA for sponsoring this episode. You can go visit uh, GEHA.com in the show notes below to learn more. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault. We hope, we hope that you will hear from us before pregame coverage on Monday night. But if not, talk to you then.